Welcome to our podcast series, Talking with Traders, hosted by expert trader Garth McKenzie in London, from where he's interviewing various guests on the topic of trading. Welcome back to Talking with Traders. This is the fifth season of the podcast to take us up to the end of 2022. Thanks to all our loyal listeners for returning and welcome to all our new listeners. As before, IG Markets have come on board as sponsors of this podcast. We're truly grateful to have such an award-winning CFD provider as sponsor alongside us. In this season, I'll welcome back some guests from the previous seasons of the podcast to get their updated market views, and we'll also be bringing in some new guests to the microphone too. As always, the aim with these podcasts is to give you the opportunity to listen to differing market views and to assist you with your own trading and investing education. So with that in mind, let's get straight into another episode of Talking with Traders. Welcome to another episode of Talking with Traders. This is the third episode of season five of the podcast series. And it's a great pleasure today to welcome a young day trader from Belito. His name is James Bruce. Um, it's nice to bring different guests in, sometimes guests that are not necessarily well known to the audience, but someone who a lot of our guests would probably relate to. Um, James is, a, as I said, 24 years old, youngster, trades for a living, has been doing this for two years. Um, but without me giving too much of your background away, James, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Thanks so much, Garth. Uh, really honored to be here. Yeah, super. Can you give us a little bit about your, your background, James, just before we start talking about the trading? Um, what's your background and how did you actually end up becoming a trader? Sure. So um, I was born and bred in the Eastern Cape in South Africa. Um, yeah, I went to Selborne College in East London, a big rugby school. And um, my dad's uh, a chartered accountant with his own firm. So I've always been into the financial markets and you know uh, business side of things. Um, but eventually, after leaving school, I moved to uh, Durban, South Africa, uh, under a three-year contract with the Sharks uh, rugby team, rugby union yeah, in, in uh, Durban. And um, yeah, uh, after two years into my contract, I messed my knee up. I tore my ACL and uh, meniscus in my left knee. And obviously, that left me um, thinking, well, what's, what's my future with rugby going to be like? So um, during that time, I got introduced to trading um, by one of my mates that was uh, also playing rugby. And um, yeah, it kind of took off from there. It's amazing. So, so you you two years into your contract, into a three year contract, uh, suddenly it, yep. it comes to an end. I mean, that's a, a terrible thing to hear. To hear that your knee. You, I mean, is that it? Is your rugby career over, or do you think you could so, go play again at some point? Yeah. So, um, I ended up. So I had my first senior game for the Sharks. Um, literally a month before messing my knee up, and then um, I, I, I during the time when when I found trading and and I was as you know sitting at home doing my BCom. So I was also studying my BCom financial management at the same time as 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 uh, uh doing my my um uh, my running through my contract right so um i was i was into the the financial markets at the time i'm like you know always in finance we're learning about that stuff stocks calls puts in in our in our uh, financial management degree um but yeah so um what happened was I, I ended up coming back after rugby this was 2019 now um maybe march may 2019 and i then ended up playing another senior game for the sharks actually in uh down in paul elizabeth um and that game was actually televised on tv so i did actually end up coming back and um, playing rugby um but yeah after that 2019 season i just didn't get another contract so i was left a bit stumped as to what my futures holds you know um and that's when i started to take my trading a little bit more seriously 
Okay, thanks. Fascinating. So t- tell us, what is it that you trade and what sort of time frames? Get a bit of a background into the, the type of trading that you do. Sure. So I um I trade I got into trading mostly the forex market. Um so that was at in 2018, middle of 2018 I got into trading. Um and then uh, essentially after getting into the forex market recently I've also added some US indices um into my into my trading uh watch list. So I'm trading about six forex forex pairs so namely the the pound and the euro pairs and then the two main US indices which is um the Nasdaq and the Dow Jones. Okay. All right. So it's two, six forex pairs, two indices. And I mean, I guess the nice thing about that stuff is all of it trades 24 hours a day, or certainly the US futures do. Um, obviously, Forex pairs do as well. So you don't stay stand any risk really of big overnight gaps or anything like that. But um, even even so, whether I'm talking overnight gaps, it's my understanding that you're more of a day trader. Is that right? Correct. Yep. So I'm trading based off the 15 minute time frame. That's the time frame that I use to gather my data and bias for the day. So I'm I'm really really holding trades um, overnight into the day into the next day. Um, I'm trading probably my average holding time would be about an hour hour and a half. Um, yeah. So really day trading and yeah, just focus on the 15 minute time frame and then then I am taking my entries on the one minute. So I use my 15 minute for my bias dictator for the day and then I'm taking entries based on the one minute time frame. Okay. All right. Fascinating. I mean, do you have a, a particular playbook that you stick to as trading? I, regular listeners to this podcast will know that I'm quite a big fan of the playbook sure. and Stephen Goldstein, who's a, 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 been a guest on this podcast twice. And I've done his mentorship program and his, his high performance um, trading program talks a lot about a playbook. And effectively what that means is you need to have sort of written down what it is you trade, how you trade, what type of setups need to present themselves. So do you have such a thing? Do you have a playbook that governs how you trade? Correct. Yep. So I, during the time that I first got into trading, I was, I was more swing trading, right? And then um, essentially, I found uh, Austin Silver, who's been my my mentor, and I, I ended up taking his course. So um, I took multiple courses, just didn't find anything that worked for me. And then I en- ended up taking his mentorship with his got detailed entry and exit rules. So we call our entries the A1 formation, which is based essentially a candle formation of EMAs on the 15-minute time frame. And then we also got the D1 formation and the D2 formation. So they're all playbook trades that have been back-tested and proven profitable. And those are the, the, the entries that I'm taking. I'm more focused on the D1 entry and exit system that uses the 50 minute and the one minute in con- uh, in conjunction with each other. Okay. Are you allowed to give us a little bit more insight into what yeah. that looks like to give, talk sure. about a D1 setup? What is What has to sure. happen for a D1 trading setup to be apparent? Sure. So on the 15 minute time frame, uh, good D1 entries come off key levels on the 15 minute time frame. So I'm using a TDI indicator, which has a trend line, a market sentiment line and the RSI built into it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm using exponential moving averages, namely the 8 EMA, the 21 EMA, um, the 50 EMA, the 200 and the 800. So I'm using those five exponential moving averages and essentially great D1s uh, come off the 21 EMA, the 50 EMA and the 200 EMA on the 50 minute chart. And that's where I'm looking, uh, going down on the one minute and looking for my entries on the one minute when price reaches those 50 minute uh, EMAs. Okay, fascinating. So if it let's say, for example, it gets to a 21 
EMA on the 15 minute chart, what are you then looking for? Um, are you then looking for a candlestick reversal to enter a trade or what? So, yeah, so I'm looking for one minute, actually one minute divergence um, that could signal a reversal at that level using the, the, the RSI that's built into the TDI and obviously price action. So I'm using one minute divergence at those key levels to signal, okay, the market could possibly be changing to move back into trend after the pullback. Okay. All right. Interesting. And um, I mean, the, obviously, when you're trading off a one minute time frame and you're holding for an hour to an hour and a half, perhaps as, as the average, as you said, you know, you're not looking for big moves. You're clearly trading relatively small moves. I mean, on a, on a currency setup, what, what, what do you consider a good move in an hour, hour and a half on your trading? Sure. So I'm normally, uh, so just with something that I've been working on lately in my trading, I'm actually going for one hour. So with a high win rate, um, and I did send you through my stats from this. Yeah, I do, I do have a high win rate. So with that high win rate, um, coupled with going for one hour, just makes sense for me because I'm winning a lot and I'm getting my one hour. Um, I'm hitting that one hour target a lot. So in in the hour and hour and a half that I'm on my average holding time holding these trades, I'd consider about a twenty five to thirty pip um, move quite sufficient for me. Okay, so twenty five to thirty pips. All right, and um and and one R. So for for those listening to the podcast who maybe don't know what that means, one R means one unit of risk. So Correct. you know we 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 always talk about R in trading, um and and a lot of the time people say, well, you want to try and get a, a risk to reward ratio where you know you're getting two or three or four times yep. R, so four R as opposed to losing one R. And the thinking is that you know even if you have a a, a system that loses more than fifty percent of the time, if your win rate is 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 better than your loss rate, then you can still make money. So what you're saying is you go for one R. So the chances are. You, you could lose one R, you could make one R. In other words, your losses are equal in size to your profits, typically speaking. Correct. But you're, yep. but you're saying that your, your hit rate is, is sufficiently high. You win on a lot more of your trades than what you lose on. And that's what makes you so consistently profitable. Correct. Yep. So just looking at the stats, my win rate this year has been at 82%. So with a high win rate, it just makes sense for me uh, to go for that one R because I'm uh, consistently um, hitting that one R on, on a consistent basis with a high win rate. So if the high, if you have a high win rate, you don't need a four five R move. And generally, when you go for those four five R moves, you're going to have a lower win rate, which kind of messed with my psychology a bit because mm. um, the more the more you try and hold, the longer you know the the, the more chances of your win rate dropping. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I, I've certainly found that in my own trading and you try and run a winner and then next thing your winners evaporated in front of your eyes. And sometimes right. you sort of think maybe it wouldn't be a terrible thing to actually lock in some of those profits, yep. even when they are small. Um, now, the, the next interesting question I want to ask you then is, is again, re regarding risk, you, we're talking about 1R, but for every trader that is different, right? the, 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 the old rule that so many books things suggest is that, you know, you're, you should never risk more than 2% of your capital. Um, I found that to be too high in my own experience as I've gotten yep. older. But for you, what does R represent? What is one R? I mean, in terms of a percentage of your capital? Sure. So I definitely agree with you. Um, and when I first got into trading, I thought 2% uh, of the capital is nothing. But once you start getting your hands on more capital, um, it, you start to realize the power of compounding. And mm -hmm. so normally I'm risking no more higher than 0.8% of my of my capital on any one trade. Um, my, but my sweet spot's around 0.5, so half a percent. Okay, all right, so 0.5. Yeah, that's also funnily enough the number I've come down to where I've also found I'm feeling, feeling yep. relatively comfortable at that. And like you said, it also depends on the capital that you've got at your disposal. I mean, if you're only trading with 
ten thousand rand, you will a first of all you probably shouldn't be trading, but yep. um, b you know zero point five percent of 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 that is like. It's nothing, right? It's not even yep. going to move the needle, and your transaction costs and crossing the spread is going to hurt you. So it it obviously makes a big difference when you've got a more chunky capital base that you can work with. Um, to to that extent, I mean, being properly funded is is absolutely vital in this game. You're only twenty four years old, so I mean, am I, am I allowed to ask what sort of capital you're trading with? Yep, sure. So I'm trading with currently uh, plus minus about six hundred US dollars. Um, 600 US, 600,000. 600,000 uh, US right. dollars. Yep, yeah, correct. Yeah. Yep. So that, that's spread out via prop firms, via um, personal capital and private investor capital. Okay, interesting. So you you mentioned prop firms in there as well. And it, obviously, personal capital, we know what that is. Um, I know from chatting to you beforehand, you, you mentioned that you've got some family money in there as well that you're trading correct. with. Um, I want to quickly differentiate the two. I mean, first up... Um, Let's talk about the family money for a moment, and then we'll talk about the prop funny, prop fund money in a second after that. Family money is an interesting one because I've certainly found in my own trading experience that when you start trading other people's money, and particularly if it's family money and it's very close to you, you know that's that's not a faceless entity. It's yep. it's you know those these are people that are important to you. Does that not add a lot of pressure to you to feel like you have to perform? Um, so in the, I was actually very grateful. So my girlfriend of five years. So when I first started to um, to start, you know, making a thing of this trading, this was around 2020. Um, my girlfriend's dad actually came to me and said, "Listen, I want to give you a chance. He has X amount of dollars. He gave me, well, he gave me ten thousand dollars to start off with, and he's like, um, if you stuff it up and you lose it, don't worry. I want to give you a chance. But that ended up going well. So he ended up giving me more." And then so my dad came on the bandwagon as well. And I was like, well, I heard you doing well now as well. Because my dad was also skeptical about the trading as well. But uh, once he realized, you know, the numbers don't lie and I started to produce, um, they really gave me the freedom. So there was no like added pressure. They were really, really um, good to me. Okay. All right. That's super. It's great. Good to hear that you on top of that and that it's not putting any extra pressure on you. Because I know certainly from a lot of guests I speak to and a lot of other traders, I know that you know the moment you start trading with family money or whatever, it can become quite emotionally taxing, quite psychologically no, sure. challenging. And Certainly, then the, yeah. the, the, the prop money, now that interests me um, because you mentioned that you trade prop prop money as well. So that means you've been funded by, well, external sources, prop funds. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so um, they, they, lately there's been quite a big thing, in the, especially in the Forex industry. I know they do, obviously, can also trade uh, the futures of the indices with them too and crypto. Um, but there's been these remote prop firms such as FTMO, the funded trader, um, and they're all remote uh, remote prop firms that you can manage the money uh, from home. So if you pass a two-step verification process, uh, you're able to acquire that capital and make a profit, a percentage-based profit on, on on the money that you make from them. Okay, that's very cool because I mean, this is really interesting, in fact, because a lot of young traders, aspirant traders, you know, possibly are, are, are good, have a lot of potential, but they're not properly capitalized. So this is, this is really interesting. You've been able to gain capital, be allocated some capital from a prop firm. Um, just tell us a little bit about the selection process. You said there's a two step process that you've got to go sure. through. Um, what, what, what does that look like in, if you're, if you know for someone else potentially that was interested in wanting to trade prop firm money be funded by an external source uh what do you need to go through to get allocated some capital from one of these firms 
Sure. So um, luckily enough, I do have my BCom degree. So I, I know lots of other prop firms like in-house prop firms need you to have a degree um, to do to do so. Right. But with these remote prop firms, you don't actually need that. Um, so anyone can apply for them. You pay a, a fee to to do the challenge, you know, to cover mm -hmm. the costs. Obviously, they got to run their their business in the background. Um, and based, essentially each, um, uh, prop firm has their own requirements, but I say this, this, um, the industry standard would be a 10% gain in a, uh, 30 to 40 day period. And then, um, once you pass that, then you got to make 5% in a 60 day period. And then you acquire the capital that you, the account size that you, that you paid for. Okay. All right. And, and what sort of, um, cause is this their capital then that they're effectively, giving you a it's like an apprenticeship or giving you a test but there's their capital to check whether you're whether yeah. you're up to the job correct yeah well but, you're actually trading on a demo account first and uh, then you're trading live funds so it's not you go you don't go trade live straight away it's a demo account first and then once you pass the two-step evaluation then you acquire the live capital and uh, then you make real profits from that okay so the, all right so 10 percent in 30 to 40 days is what you need to make first up and then another five yep. percent beyond that after 60 days um so 15 percent total return i guess but all of that is on a demo account it's in a in a demo environment there's Correct, no real yep. not real money on the line okay and then the amount of money that they then allocate to you i mean is, is that a discussion that you have with them or do they have a sort of a standard tiered structure as to how much they'll give you based on your performance or your experience Sure. So you 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 decide what account size you would like to go for. So they offer from ten thousand dollars up uh, up until two hundred thousand US dollars. Right. And you, you obviously depending on you, the test for uh, each one will vary because the more capital you want, the higher the um the fee that you'll have to pay to take the test. Um, and then the, uh, once you get funded and you are trading the live capital, you pass the two-step evaluation, they do have scaling plans as well, depending on your performance um, going forward. So it, it doesn't stop once you once you get the live capital. If you do perform on it, you do get a scaling plan that allows you to scale up that capital. So let's say you started with $200,000, you passed the two-step evaluation, and now you've got the live capital that you can make 80% of the profits on from. Um, oh. If you do 10% in a four-month uh, period, you get your account scale up by 25 percent and so forth every four months so it really is based on a performance um uh, uh fee basically afterwards uh once you pass a two-step evaluation yeah okay so so what you're saying they give you the money to trade with and then they give you 80 percent of your profits they keep 20 percent correct. correct sounds like a really good deal yeah um what, what about risk i mean how did they manage your risk obviously you've told me you know you sound like you're on top of the risk management and you're doing it properly but i mean what's what's stopping you for example becoming a rogue trader and saying well i've got all this money from a prop firm it's not my money anyway sure. i'm going to swing for the fences if it works hey i'm going to get 80 percent of the profits and if it if i blow the account up uh, well it was never my money to start with how do they sure. manage that risk how do they manage you sure so they do have drawdown limits so you got a so you got a 10 percent drawdown buffer um, which I feel is quite a, a substantial, especially if once I'm on the live accounts, I'm not trading even at even 0.5%. I'll drop that to 0 0.15, 0.2, because um, essentially trading is a long-term game. So they do have daily drawdown limits as well as max drawdown limits. So if you hit yeah. that daily drawdown limit, you lose the account and if you and the max you can lose is 10%. So um, yep, that's their, that would be their um, risk management in the back end. Okay. And I mean, if you hit that daily drawdown limit, and, and is that it? You're out? Yeah, that's it. You're out. You're out. Cheers. It's yep. not like, don't come back tomorrow, try again. You're gone. No, no, you're gone. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's quite a, it's quite, quite, um, quite stringent. Okay. But it's obviously understandable. I mean, this is, yeah. this is, is other people's money and it's understandable Correct. that they would want to manage the risks very carefully. Yep. All right. 
No, let's move away from the 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 the, the soft, uh, the hard stuff rather, and let's talk a little bit, little bit about some of the softer stuff. Because um, sure. trading is not only about the, the you know the hard stuff, the sitting in front yeah. of the screen trying to make the, the 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 returns. There's also a whole lot of background work that happens in trading uh, to to become a successful trader. So to this extent, you know, there's daily routines journaling, prep sessions, post-market analysis, all of that. But I want to go through that a little bit with you and, and just try and get a picture for what an average day looks like for you. Uh, can you take us through your daily routine? I mean, let's start in the morning and then we'll walk me through the day as it progresses. You're listening to Talking With Traders, a podcast series brought to you by IG, a world-leading online trading and investment provider. If you haven't checked out the IG online trading platform, please do so and visit IG.com. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast series on your favorite podcast app or website by clicking on the subscribe button and you'll be notified weekly as we release new episodes. Sure. So I'm lucky enough to be in South Africa. Um, so the time zones for my trading are really, really nice. So London opens at currently at 9 a.m. South African time and the New York Stock Exchange opens at uh, half past three in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so normally I'm, I wake up at around seven o'clock. Um, I get uh, make bre- myself breakfast. I go for a run um, and I look on my charts uh, when I get back from my run. What's what's maybe lining up for the day? What what pairs on my watch list are looking uh, to have the most potential uh, for that day? Um, I then get on the on the Discord in the live chat with all the other guys and I you know say good morning, say what's up, and see what they're watching. And then I have my morning session. So my morning session is normally from about nine a.m. just before the London Open till about twelve one South African time. And then I take a little bit of a break. I go chill. I'll you know just relax, maybe watch some Netflix. Um, you know, do listen to a podcast, um, and just chill out. Go get lunch. And then um, I'll come back for the New York Stock Exchange open just before 3.30, just before the open. Um, and then I'll trade the, the US session. And then I'm normally off to CrossFit in the late afternoon. Um, and then after the CrossFit, so I feel that that's very, very good for mental health because being sitting uh, in front of the desk as a trader all day can be quite taxing. So I go hit that and then in the evening spend time with uh, my girlfriend and her family, uh, catch up with my parents uh, via the phone, and then I will do my daily report card in the evening. So the daily report card is basically, um, you know, what trades do I take that day? How could I be better? How could I have made more money? How could I have lo- uh, lost less money? And maybe uh, what trades did I miss that day? And I all mark them up, uh, save them in, as a file on on um, Google's uh, Sheets. And yep, that's basically me done for the day. Okay, fascinating. So, so you what you talked about there at the end is your your you talked about your daily report card. I mean, that's obviously journaling in an, in, an, yep, in, journaling, in another yep. way. Um, what type of stuff do you include in that journal? Sure. So, I'll have um, a space for what pairs that I'm watching today, uh, the watch list, what's on my watch list, um, my pre trading routine. I got to make sure I do that. Um, then I'll have a space to log any trades that I take. I'll also have a place to, which is called our, 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 our idea generation section where we will playbook any trades that maybe we weren't in, but maybe there are possible trades that we could have taken, but we want to save the markups. Um, and then I'll also have questions such as how did my day go for the day? What was my PL and percentage for the day? Um, what could I have done better? Uh, what, what could I have done better to make more money? What could I have done to lose less money if I had a losing day? Um, and those are just the things that are that we that we have on there, as well as um, also I got to certain things that I have to do on the chart, so such as markup three charts uh, for that day, 
Um, I've got to, you know, and then off the chart stuff such as go to gyms, um, listen to 20 minutes of, of, of a podcast a day. So that's all logged in my daily report card and, and my journal. Okay. Well, it sounds really good. It sounds like you're very, very disciplined with this. And, and what's interesting is just to tie this back to your rugby background, because I mean, being a, a rugby and effectively a professional rugby player, I mean, you were, you were a professional rugby player, you were contracted to the Sharks. Um, you know, the importance of the background work that goes on, you know, it's not just a game that you play on the field. It's also everything you do off the field. And in, in fact, possibly more about the stuff you do off the field that enables you to perform on the field. So all of this that you're talking to me about, your pre-trade routine, your post-trade analysis, your doing exercise, et cetera. I mean, all of this stuff, I can see it, it, there's parallels here between you being a performance sportsman as a rugby and trading is a performance uh, activity as well. Yeah? Yeah. And, and I guess you're treating it in a similar way from, from everything that you're saying to me. Correct. Yeah. Um, there's so many parallels between sports and uh, professional sports and, and, and professional day trading for a living. Um, uh, yeah, I've always was told that um, one of the sayings that Mark Bellefiore from S&P Capital has is if you don't know what the score is, how do you, um, if you don't know what the score is, how do you know uh, where to improve? So if you're not tracking everything, um, how are you going to, how do you expect to improve? And it's the same, like, like with uh, rugby, we would go in and have a, um, have a, uh, uh, you know, a team discussion to of analysis and see what we're doing for that specific um, that what we did wrong for that specific day, and then um, and see how we can improve. And it's the same thing. So, team, how can a team improve better? But then also personally, how can you improve better? Uh, what, how could you improve um, individually better for the next game? And that's the same as day trading. Yeah, really interesting. And the fitness part of it is is key. I mean, you've talked about fitness. Um, so many other things I read lately. A lot of interesting trading books have come out in the last two years about the you know more of the the external stuff around trading, and it's things like nutrition and exercise and getting the right amount of sleep. I mean, do you do you journal that type of stuff as well? Do you journal how many hours of sleep you got the night before, as an example? Yep. So actually, one of my things in the off the charts uh, journaling has has after being in bed by eleven p.m. the previous night. If I was not uh, then, then I don't. Uh, then I can't check it off. So it's maybe that's an area that I need to improve on. Um, right. But I do check my sleep via my 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 Apple Watch and my HRV scores and that as well. I know uh, Steve Goldstein loves talking about the HRV readings as well. And yeah, his, yeah. So definitely. And yeah, interesting. And and nutrition as well. You and how how well hydrated you are because all of this stuff. I mean, some listening to this podcast might say, "Oh, come on, Garth. Like, do, <laughs> do me a favor. This is not a." podcast about you know eating and foods and stuff but but these things are important right i mean the, the, the way you your nourishment your level of hydration all of these things ultimately have a bearing on how you can perform in any high performance activity whether that be a sport or something more intellectual like trading oh, oh for sure so Actually, also another one of my things on my off the charts uh, journaling is I can't have alcohol the night before. So that like that it, it's got everything to do with it. Alcohol, sweet, um, bad, bad eating, bad foods. It all affects your decision making and the way that your brain can logically make um, clear decisions. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gee whiz, it sounds like you've really got this very uh, you're very much on top of this. You're a young guy. You don't have kids. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here envious thinking, look, I mean, I love my kids. I've got two little boys. But, sure. you know, they, your life is, is different when you're young and you're able to focus to that extent like what you're doing. You focus on, on your trading and focus on everything around it um, without having, you know, too many distractions in your life that, that pull you away. 
So yeah. all I can say is while you're young, you know, keep at it because yeah. one day when, when that girlfriend comes wanting kids, it's you know, these, these kind of routines and things that you're talking about become very difficult once you get older no, and you I have agree. More, and more responsibilities. Yeah. No, I agree. That's why I've told her, let's, you know, wait, wait until we get engaged. Um, uh, let's hold it off for a little bit. And then, you know, once we set and everything like that, then we can get married, have kids and that. Cause uh, especially speaking to guys like you that have experience for multiple years in this business, I've, I've heard it does get quite tricky. Uh, no, tell me, it really, it really, really does. You're only 24. You've got a long time to, yeah. <laughs> to enjoy <laughs> life as a, as, as a trader and, and giving it your all really. You mentioned uh, previously before we were recording as well that your girlfriend has an honors degree in psychology. That's also yep. very interesting. And that must be something really helpful because I know, you know, from dealing with a lot of traders over the years and courses that I've run and dealing with various retail traders, you, you actually need a supportive partner in this. Uh, it, it, it's no good having a partner that is obstructive or you know, makes your life difficult because they want to be doing something else when you trying you wanting to do your evening journaling or whatever. You know, you 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 really have to have a partner that is by your side and buys into this thing completely. So I would imagine having a girlfriend with an honors degree in psychology must also help to quite a lot of large extent. And she understands the psychological aspect of it. Oh, big time. Yeah. So obviously having her honors in psychology, um, is a, a play, a, yeah, she's been great f- with me throughout my journey through the ups and the downs. Um, so yeah, she she understands what it takes um, emotionally to be a trader. Um, and she always set, sets me on the right path. Like, let's say I come back after maybe a losing day or a frustrating day that maybe I should have been up, but I ended down. She always puts me in the right perspective. Um, and and is able to to set my you know kind of put me on the right path again. Yeah, fantastic. You talked about you know good days or bad days, losing days. Um, let's talk a little bit about that because you know we all know trading is not uh, always a bed of roses. It, it can sometimes yeah. be a very frustrating uh, pursuit. We've all had best days. We've all had worst days. Um, let's talk a little bit about yours. I mean, what tell us about some of your best days and worst days since you've been trading? Sure. So, um, yeah, I've had uh, obviously some great days and also some bad days. As you say, it's not always uh, sunshine and rainbows. Mm. Um, I actually remember clearly back in 2020, uh, I had one of my best days ever. So I, I made uh, just over uh, 20,000 uh, US dollars um, in, in one trading day. And I thought that, you know, I was on top of the world um, until the next day came and I ended up losing all the profits and some. So it, uh, it can be very mentally taxing, you know, just um, just uh, trying to overtrade, revenge trade. Um but yeah, um, I think trading, that's why trading is such a great humbler. You can you can never think that you've got to figure it out. You always got to be uh, in routine, maybe doing your daily report cards. Um, and that all helps with the psychology. Um, but yeah, tra- trading uh, it can be, you can go through uh, times of drawdown where you like you doubt yourself and, and your abilities. Um, but I think the, the, big, the big thing is just keeping the, the bigger picture in mind. And if you've done it before, you can do it again. Yeah, yeah, no, well, absolutely. I know. And you, you mentioned that your 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 hit rate is um 82%, you said, which is very, very high. I mean, I, I often think that anyone that gets a hit rate of around 60% in this in this business is doing incredibly well. So for you to have a hit rate of 82% is is phenomenal. Um, so I mean, I'm guessing then that that means by and large you you come out of, out of most days having made money and feel like like a winner, I guess. Yep. Yep. You don't, so you don't have too many losing days then. 
Yeah, I'd say in a month about maybe 90% of my days are, are winning days. Um, and what I've learned, uh, you know, as my journey continues is to keep those losing days to a minimal because I know there's going to be losing days in a month. You can't win every single day. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that's that's the thing for me is, is what I've learned over my, you know, two years trading full time now is that I'm going to have winning days 90% of the month. Um, it's just keeping those losing days to, to a minimum and realizing that, okay, cool, maybe the, the markets are moving in, in, in my direction on this day or it's not playing out how I'm seeing it. I'm reading the charts wrong. Um, I always ask myself three questions and Anthony Credelli, who, um, who I've had on, on Austin Hour's podcast has been, he always says, is it me? Is it my strategy or is it the markets? Um, and those are three things. So, uh, that I ask myself if I have a losing day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, do you have a rule that, you, you know, maybe if you've gone into a day and you hit, you get you know, three losses in a row or something like that, you just pack it up for the day or do, do you not have such a rule? Yep. So I do have a rule. If I, if I have two losses in a row, then I'll, I'll pack it up and, 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 and just uh, journal the next couple of trades. If they, if any other trades do present, but normally two losses in a day, I'll, I'll call it quits. Two, two consecutive losses in a day. Correct. Yep. And, and um, I mean, on an average day, how many trades do you, do you enter or enter and exit? I'll say about our uh, average about one a day. So one, one trade a day, oh, one okay. trade a day, one, okay. one, sometimes if, the market's hot could get like three um if obviously if it's not hot at all then you know obviously could get none but normally on an average day i am i am averaging around maybe one just over one trade a day on average okay all right so it's actually not as active as what i thought because i thought when you're saying you're trading off a 15 minute chart with a one minute um yeah uh, overlaid then I, I thought you you know you might be doing 20 30 trades a day but that's sure. not the case so it's one trade on average per day sometimes more but actually, so, you, so, so it's really not over trading. I mean, this sounds like yep. you're, you're being pretty patient, waiting for yep. the right setups to present themselves, then acting on it. So you're a little bit like a sniper in that respect, not just trading for anything for, for the sake of it. You actually wait very carefully for that one trade a day. Correct. Yep. And I also have something on the, on, on the inverse, but you asked if I have for my losing days, if I have two losses in a row, I'll call it quits. If I have a one winning trade, like a good winning trade that goes my one hour target, I'll call, I'll, I'll be like, cool, I'll take that for the day. Oh, really? Okay, that's yep. interesting. So you wouldn't then take the one R and say, okay, cool, I'm up. Let me see if I can now, uh, you know, make make some more, try and make it, you know, make, maximize it, make it a two yep. R day. No? So de depending on the on the on the trading conditions and how I'm feeling with my decision making, maybe I I can be aggressive in in times like that, and maybe I hit another two trades after, and I could end up you know three R two R on a day. Mm. Um, but de depending on the market conditions and what what what's playing out in the markets, is there any fundamentals that are involved? I will just take that one win for the day and and then move on. I found that that um that that keeps me pretty mentally in check because um we get into trading to for the freedom, right? So um I've I've found now after trading for two years, you don't want to be sitting at the desk the whole time. I'll go and play nine holes of golf if I've had a winning day and then come back on the charts and mark up some charts later and do my daily report card. Um or I'll go to CrossFit. So um yeah, it, it, the least if you can make your money in the less amount of time, that's that's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, super, James. I mean, just to wrap it up, you've you've been trading now for two years, doing it for a living. You've got external funding, which is obviously a huge help, and that helps you to then generate an income from this. Um, and you're not totally self-funded, which is, means you're also not. You, you know, I guess it, it helps to diversify 
for yourself in that you're not you're not using all your own capital you you're making money off other people's money yep. um two years doing it successfully it's early days right you're only 24 years old it's very early on in your career but so far so good you've made a success of it and it sounds like you're very much on top of what it takes to be a trader but what what does the rest of your career look like do you think i mean have you got some uh, like a, a map of where you'd like to see yourself in five years from now um yeah so uh, and that's great um i really appreciate those words um yeah but i always know trading is a long-term you know career and game i want to be doing this when i'm 50 60 years old so um yeah next five years um yeah i i, I have kind of a map of where i want to be on of, of of you know what, what i want to have um assets under management um, yeah, so hopefully in the next five years, I could increase that to around 5 million assets under management. Um, that would be my long-term goal. But, um, but also uh, in the next five years, I am looking to, to maybe, um, you know, look, look at getting in, into other like in-house prop firms. I haven't, uh, there's none in really in South Africa here at the moment, but even uh, looking at other in-house prop firms and looking what they can offer as well, and maybe being in a little bit of a more professional environment around more people, you know, around traders mm-hmm. that you can actually speak to in person and, and, um, and do that sort of thing. But for now, um, yeah, I'm really happy where I am at the moment. Um, but yeah, we've got to just take uh, each each day as it comes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, it's interesting you t- said that about the prop firms. I mean, I certainly know some equity uh, prop firms in South Africa, but that's not what you do. You're a forex trader yeah. predominantly, so it wouldn't yeah. work for you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you mentioned Mike Bellafiore in your in in the podcast. I know. I think they've got a, po- a prop firm but it's all overseas you're right i mean it's all, all mostly in the u.s or or in london so yep. maybe you'd need to escape uh, the sunshine <laughs> yeah. of belito at some stage and, yeah i'm not too and, sure and, about and... that <laughs> yeah okay well it sounds it sounds exciting i mean i'm really keen to watch your career progress uh, james it's been excellent speaking to you. Uh, I really appreciate your your time and you've been very generous with how much you've shared with me because a lot of people won't. They won't you know, give too, many, too much detail away about what they do and how much capital they trade and how much money they make, et cetera. But you've been a very open book. So I, I really do appreciate that. And I thank you for it. Uh, and, and I look forward to catching up with you again, maybe in another year from now to follow up and find out how you're doing. No, perfect, God. Thanks so much for having me. I really do appreciate it, and really honored to be on the on the show. Yeah, super, James. And just one last thing. I mean, you're on Twitter. How can um, listeners follow you? Because you're quite active on Twitter, and it's quite yeah. In- yeah. interesting to watch your tweets. Sometimes, where can they get hold of you? Sure. So on Twitter, I'm uh, James Bruce one three one, and you can follow me there on on Twitter. That's where I post most of my trading content. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Fantastic, James. You take care. It's been good speaking to you, and we'll catch up again in a year or so. Thanks for having me, Goth. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Talking With Traders, brought to you by IG, a world-leading CFD provider. We really are privileged to have such a leader in the field of online trading involved in this series. Please follow us on Facebook and engage with us there. And a reminder to make sure you subscribe to this series by clicking on the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd also appreciate if you'd leave a review on the app too. Till next time.